0: This podcast is brought to you by TeamTrait, a digital solution that helps you hire, optimize, and retain employees. Using psychometric assessments to identify more than 100 professional mindset traits, it gives instant reports you can use to build high performing teams. Get two free profiles today, no commitment, no credit card required, at TeamTrait.com. TeamTRAIT.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. Our guest today is going to talk a little bit about how being a leader and having the qualities of a leader is a little bit like walking on a wire, like a line. Some days it feels
2: like that for sure. I I totally get where she's coming from. And I think the other thing too, is that she's a conversationalist. I think that, and I'm hoping that she can give us some tips on how we can all become better conversationalists because it doesn't come naturally to everybody.
1: That's true. Although for you and me, like, yeah, you can't shut us up, but (laughs) That's just how it is. I'm Audrey (laughs) Strong. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm the Vice President of Communications at SalesFuel.
2: How fitting. And I'm Celie Smith. (laughs) I'm the President and CEO of SalesFuel.
1: We are so pleased to have heavy hitter Denise Cooper here today. She is the founder and CEO of Remarkable Leadership Lessons, a company she founded more than a decade ago to assist C-suite senior-level business leaders and managers in raising their game as contributors to profitability and also improving both their hard and what do you call it, squishy skills. She's got an MBA from Washington University in St. Louis, a coaching certification from North Carolina State and studied under Judith Glazer to earn a distinguished designation as a Certified Conversational Intelligence, that's CIQ, coach. Uh, able to draw over 25 years working inside corporations of all sizes, union companies, interesting governments and agencies. She's also got a book out, it's Remarkable Leadership Lessons change results one conversation at a time it's going to let you see the power and potential within you if you show up step up and speak up you can get the results that you want she's an executive coach keynote speaker she's got all kinds of services to offer and so welcome denise i, I i've got to stop and let you talk you've got so much going on good morning, good morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> welcome denise. to the show denise
1: Hi wire balancing you say being a leader is dangerous you say that in in the book so yes how is it dangerous
3: um, it's dangerous because for the most part, we put leaders on pedestals so that if they trip, mm. fall and risk and fall off, you know, that pedestal, we are pointing fingers and those fingers are loaded with deadly words, opinions and behaviors. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a balancing act. How do you it, know that you're... Well, it's,
3: it's more than a balancing 100. act. And, I mean, people can see themselves on kind of a typewriter, wire, but it's, it's really, my opinion not to, you know, discount your, what you're saying but I think the issue becomes that you as a leader you have two choices. You can accept the opinions of others that you are supposed to be this perfect person and be on the pedestal and just kind of hope and pray that you don't make a misstep and fall off of it cuz think about a pedestal it's a really small square that you're standing on, right? Or you can make a decision that what you're really about is helping other people grow and become uh, better than where they are today. And and that is a huge platform that you can stand on. And it allows you to be who you need to be, who you want to be, your authentic self. And if you do it right, you can allow other people to be who they wanna be. And risk is really just another name for innovation, Mm. for learning, for development. And so if you embrace this other kind of huge platform that you can stand on, you not only build the capacity in yourself, but you build the capacity in others and their organization. And isn't that the definition of leadership?
2: Mm-hmm. What well, would be a couple pieces of advice that you could give to emerging leaders in on, on how to show up when they show up?
3: Oh, it, um, I think emerging leaders have the you know, concern that they need to be perfect. That there's this image in their head that they need to, you know, be knowledgeable about everything. That they need to not make a mistake. That they have to say the right thing. And then they're tasked with, you know, they've got production. They've got to make sure that productivity happens into it. So the one thing that I, I when I work with aspiring leaders, is to help them understand that you don't need to be perfect and you don't need to chase the perfection monster. So you. Oh, go ahead,
1: Lee.
2: No, I said that that's a good start for sure.
1: Yeah. So you said not always saying the right things, being perfect in how you communicate with everyone. Let's talk about the CIQ. Yes. He, he was very interested in the conversation piece of this.
2: Yeah, because you know it's, it's funny you talk about the anxiety about being a leader and everything like that. It's the conversation aspect of it actually, that actually it causes me the most anxiety. You know, it's like I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing or I'm going to say something or tell a joke that someone's not going to get or find find funny or I'm going to accidentally offend somebody. It's like and so I'm you know put a lot of work and energy and effort into every conversation. It's exhausting.
3: Yes, it is. And and it is because most of us come from the idea that what, what I experience and what I think is the same as everybody else. And so you, if I like you, you obviously are just like me. And mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm nervous about you, then you're not like me. So therefore we don't have places to connect. And what I, tell, what I start with is let's, let's um, challenge our assumptions and ask more questions before you start talking. Um, about things. And you can ask all kinds of questions about where do people start? Um, They can be, you know, for leaders and HR folks, generally people are coming to you because they have a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they want your opinion on that. Well, flip the script. Ask them first to be really clear about problems because 98% of the problems we have is because we're not clear on what it is we're trying to achieve. To so ask the question, what is it that you're trying to achieve? What do you see as the obstacles in the way? What have you done in the past about this one? And of course, the, de- the deadly one is, uh, well, I, I, pro- I haven't done anything. I was waiting on you to tell me what <laughs> to do, right? <laughs> it's kind of like, and, and in your mind, you get snatched because the first thing out of your mind is, but I hired you to solve problems on your own. <laughs> Why are you coming to me? And so well, I, I see
2: a lot of leaders. That are the first thing out of their mouth is like, "I can't wait to fix the problem before <laughs> I actually fully understand what the problem is." It's like I'm going to ride in on the white horse and I'm going to slay that dragon and I'm going to solve that problem and I'm going to be the hero of the day, as opposed yes. to no, yeah. no, don't yeah. do that. Okay. I the other thing that you just you just said is like, um, I find it really helpful is that you know when you you know you. you you can't find connections, you know, and sameness about how how we're the same. Uh, I think it's really great to embrace, you know, the viva la difference, you know, it's just like, let's embrace how we're different because that's what makes you interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I if, if I if everyone in the world were like me, what a boring place this would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in many, some ways I think it would be better, but in many ways it'd just be boring. And it's like, and so when I get an opportunity to talk to somebody that's different than me, different perspectives or wherever I get to learn new things, talk about different things. Uh, You know, and so rather that part doesn't make me anxious, you know, that part actually excites me and stimulates me. And I just, and I, and I always advise everybody else to do the same thing. Does that make sense to you?
3: Yes, but that's actually a a very uh, mature state of conversationalism Um, because most people have a hard time connecting with people who are very different than they are and getting excited. So that's actually like step five in the list of things to be able to do. Because first of all, you've got to be comfortable in yourself. And the other is, is that you've got to shut up long enough to listen to somebody else. And most of us are taught that being a leader and being, you know, accepted means you have to get in there and talk. You have to say something. We live in an extrovert's world. And for that, everybody's just... And for the most part, they don't know when to shut up and turn around and do what you just said, which is, you know, I'd really like to know more about you. Tell me where you grew up. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you do well. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I uh, obviously I ask people for a living, tell me what you do well. And and I'm always amazed at how hard it is for us to embrace the things that are our strengths. Mm -hmm. Your
1: book is full of Denise-isms. And one of them is you don't know what you don't know. So yeah, maybe you want to be quiet and actually learn and listen, listen listen. and know what you, you know, your book. Also, I love this in terms of having difficult conversations and mastering the art of conversation. You have a list of questions by ethnicity that, that are through each lens of each group of people that I found fascinating because some of the questions on there, I was like, why would they ask us that? Um, And would you talk a little bit about that part of the book? Because I thought that that would be very
3: useful to a lot of people. I call them the insensitive questions. Mm -hmm. And so there's an assumption around that in that most people ask questions because they're curious and they are not sure about what it is. And so because they're curious, but they also don't know um, you know, they, they kind of step out in there and they don't know what's offensive per se. They're just asking from a child's point of view. Now, I'm, there are some people who ask the questions because they're just trying to gig you and get you off your, um, your, your game plan. But for the most part, I find, you know, 90% of folks are really genuinely trying to connect and trying to do the right thing. And if we come in with that assumption, then it makes it easier for us to deal with whether the person is just innocent and asking an insensitive question like, wow, your hair is different, Denise. And for the, your guests, you can't see that I'm black and I have, you know natural hair. And I've, And I've had that question. Your hair is different. And the first thing they want to do is grab my hair mm. uh, to see what it feels like, because it doesn't look like, it doesn't feel like, white person's hair and therefore they want to know what it feels like I also talk about the story you know taking it from the perspective of a child's point of view I talk about when I went to school in South Dakota and um, I was teaching at the time um, kindergartners and the little boy he'd never seen anyone who was black well I didn't know that at the time I really didn't know it never occurred to me that he hadn't but he was really scared of me and he just kept ducking and dodging. And then one day he finally, you know, I said, what's the deal, you know, what's going on? And he blurts out, she looked like Dookie. Now, at any moment I could have been totally um, offended and upset, but being able to take a deep breath because it did hit me like a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, I stepped back and realized that to him, the perspective of not seeing someone who, and I'm a dark-skinned woman, that may be the only thing he could relate to. And so it was a great point for me and the, uh, the regular teacher who was there because I was still a student teacher. I took him over to the, um, to the fountain, to the dish uh, the basin and he began to wash and all the kids came around and it became a great lesson about geography and how people are different, but yet they're all the same. Well, as adults, there are a lot of questions that we're not allowed to ask, mm-hmm. but we want to ask. And... If you're not matri- if you're not in yourself, uh, able to step up, show up, then when people ask you questions that might be insensitive, you're going to get triggered. Mm-hmm. And when you get triggered, brain and mouth don't all brain and mouth don't always connect, and you. You try to apologize, you try to overexplain, explain you try to, and that generally just, and makes,
2: that just makes things worse. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Like you
1: said, Lee, though, you've, you've run into things like this, Lee, and it's like you're just standing there trying to figure out what to say. And I thought that part of the book would be a gr- great help to so many people.
2: I can't wait to dive into that part of the book. That sounds mm-hmm. fascinating. I mean, yeah. really, really terrific stuff.
1: What about the importance of self-care? You talk about that too. And when you coach your clients, you say that it takes seven weeks on average to get them to trust you and open up to you and you know, not be so hard on themselves. What are some other ways that leaders should be taking care of themselves?
3: Well, I think the best one is to know thyself and to be on a journey to know yourself because you're not the same person that you were at 12. You're not the same person you are when you're at 20. You're not the person you're gonna be when you're 50. And so it is a journey of growing and discovering, but oftentimes we know each other by the day we met each other. So that first experience is the experience that defines who we are and how I see you for the rest of time. But being curious. So the first thing is always about be curious. Then bring self-awareness into it. How is this triggering you? How are you feeling about being with this person who you don't know? How have they grown? Which like you were asking, you know, what kinds of questions could people ask? Well, you know, tell me. Tell me what you've learned over the last year. Tell me what is exciting you now. What do you see as the big issues that are going on instead of those things are in common. Those things make good fodder for conversation, but they also allow you to do that. And then the self-care is really knowing that you are a role model. When they slap a title on you that says you're an executive or a leader, you got to embrace the fact that now you are a role model Mm -hmm. and everyone is watching you. And that's uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, Charles Berkeley was wrong about that. You are a role model. I mean, Whether
3: you like it or not, yeah. it is there. And you have to embrace that because people watch you and they make all kinds of assumptions about who you are based on your behavior because your intention is invisible. You may have a good heart. You may have a good heart.
2: And it's our, our position or our responsibility to always assume positive intent, but like, that's where we have to remember that just because we're taught that and we're expected to do that doesn't mean that they're taught to do that. And they're, you know, that they're immediately going to do that unless we somehow make our, and our expectations clear that, Hey, when we have conversation, everything like that, always assume that I'm coming from a good place, a helpful place and like that. And I will assume the same of you. If that, if, if that's not ingrained in them or something like that 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 can be very frustrating
3: and you know what and and because we live in such a polarized um, time in history, um uh, we've got social media and the media in general, not to you know lump everybody in the same, but bad news sales, and they are inundating us with the worst case scenarios all the time. And so having trust in institutions, having trust in other individuals when we've been, taught over and over and all the stories that we hear, all the movies that we see, there's generally a bad person. That's the story, right? The hero's journey. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be a bad person. It's gotta be something to overcome. And we can get jaded if we're not careful that all people come from not positive intent and that when they make mistakes, particularly leaders, we expect leaders to be perfect. And when they make a mistake and actually act like a human, then they're less than perfect. And therefore, why should they be a leader?
1: Mm -hmm. I know Lee is my mentor. And I came out of a long career in television newsrooms, which are very negatively wired. It's a very negative work environment. And the default position was always negative intent, you know. So now that I assume positive intent, it it was hard to change that default position, but in general, I'm able to do it, but it takes work. I have to Mm -hmm. like stop and really think about before I do whatever I'm going to say or do my conversation as you you teach, how should people change their default setting? What's a recommendation you have that might help me further solidify my default setting? (laughs)
3: Well, when when it happens, because you're right, it is a trigger. It happens Mm -hmm. all the time, especially when you it's a habit. And that's what it is. It's a habit you're trying to break. And Mm -hmm. anybody who's tried to break a habit, you know how hard that is. But one question you can always ask yourself is what else is true? So when something happens, whether it's positive or negative, what else is true? Because the key is Um, in being a good conversationalist and getting results that you want to get is that you've got to understand the other person's perspective. We all stand on a different um, square. And so from that square, we see and don't see things that I may have an advantage of seeing on my square that you can't see from your square, but I don't know that if if I don't assume that you don't. And so it's really asking questions about what other story could be true.
2: So, yeah, when Audrey's on her square where she doesn't see my bishop coming at her.
3: (laughs) No,
1: we play chess a lot. uh, He'll move a piece, and I'm like, are you kidding me?
2: Uh (laughs) And she cleaned that up, though, for for the podcast. We appreciate that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not what I really say, but that's okay. (laughs) We got, like, just a few minutes left, Denise. So ourlessons.com is your website. I love your Twitter handle, Coach HR. And Thank then you're Denise Cooper on LinkedIn and Facebook, Denise Cooper Inc. So are you looking for, um, you know, more coach, coachable clients? So go ahead oh, absolutely. and use the business to plug here. Before yes,
3: you yes, absolutely. And anyone who is in a, in a state where they're trying to figure out how to take their leadership to the next level, um, I'm always looking at that. And it's not just the leaders, but it's, it's I love working with teams leadership teams okay. because it really is about building capacity in the organization and one leader can't do it even if you're the ceo you've got to get your team in place so that you can figure out how to take it to the next level
1: that sounds great this has been very educational we appreciate your time it's great stuff everybody go out and get the book as well i, I saw it there on amazon you can peek inside too the little look inside thing
3: uh is right there so thanks denise great to meet you it's wonderful to be on your show. And thank you for the opportunity. And to your listeners, thank you for paying attention.
2: <laughs> and It's great to have you, Denise. we we'll look forward to talking to you again.
3: All right.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com.